This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and... Screw the intro. We just made a trade. There's a trade. Okay. (laughs) The intro. We'll get to that later. So the Toronto Maple Leafs have acquired forward Ryan Dezingle and defenseman Ilya Labushkin from Arizona in exchange for forward Nick Ritchie and choice of our third round selection in 23 or second in 25. Kyle Dubas, my friend. What a crazy. What a crazy. How do you offload not a first round and Nick Ritchie for two things we need? Everyone's like, you're not going to get a forward. We're just going to find someone for defense. He just stole two of them from Arizona. Oh, my God. That's Arizona. The Arizona bank just keeps on giving first bunting. I mean, first Matthews, then bunting. Now we get Ryan Dezingle and Ilya Labushkin. We are going for it. All in. Yes. Nick Ritchie gone, guys. Gone. Nick, <sighs> the end of the Nick Ritchie era. It did I not last. We're the only show that's getting this right now because I bet the Leafs Nation podcast has already been posted. We are going to be the only one with this tonight. I love it. Yes. Um, we have a guest tonight who's been here in the background. We haven't even introduced him. Uh, Bloke Young, how's it going, sir? Oh, it's going Thank great. You for joining us. Going great. Hearing that trade, it's, now it's just better. Crazy trade. Yeah. I have never been so thankful for technical difficulties. I know. Everything uh, happens for a reason. We delayed our start. Everything happens for a reason. So, um, like I said, we are joined by Leaf fan and recording artist, Bloke Young, originally of Toronto, but no longer. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, because our earlier take of this is all gone. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Yeah, so, born and raised in Toronto, um, uh, moved to LA uh, four years ago to pursue music. then from LA, relocated to Vegas, um, and yeah, it's pretty much. So, how long have you been in Vegas? I've been in Vegas for about two year, uh, about a year and a half. Um, prior to that, I was in LA. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, the first thing I'll say, I mean, Sadie and I both went to school for music, so I know how tough it can be in the Canadian music industry. So, yeah. props for for getting out of Canada yeah. and going down to where where you can make something happen. Um, I've listened to uh, a lot of your music on your Spotify today, and uh, it's great stuff, man. you got a killer voice. I love it. Appreciate you. Thank you so um, much. No problem. Uh, we actually have a track we'll play as our featured one for our break today, so you'll get to hear some stuff from Bloke. Um, but another question I have, being in Arizona, or sorry, not in Arizona. We were talking about Arizona. Uh, being in <laughs> Vegas over the last year and a half, what is it like firsthand like what's the vegas golden knights fan base like Like, do you see people walking around in jerseys like what's what's the vibe like oh bro it's you know like you wouldn't think like vegas would have such a like a like a a cocky culture you know for uh especially it's vegas it's in the desert but man like they take their vegas golden knights like serious like you'll see like you'll see like uh have you ever been to Vegas? you ever seen a, a nice game over here no, I've been I've been down to Arizona and Texas, but never uh, never into uh, Vegas. They, they 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 have a whole show out front. It's like a, it's literally like um like a like a like a gate part ta- a tailgate party before the game. Like a couple hours, everybody's walking around like drinking. They have wow. like a like a drum a drum line coming out. It's crazy. The fans are crazy. They're they're very passionate about their Golden Knights. Oh, they know how to have fun. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Now, Especially after the debacle of Arizona. <laughs> yeah, and now Eichel's in town, so I bet the fan base is even more <laughs> just ecstatic, ecstatic. And wow, it's nice to see someone on the West Coast, though, still bleeding blue. And oh, you said day. your family always bled blue since your dad came to Canada. So yeah. 
Yeah. Very nice to see. Uh, um, unfortunately, not nice to see, and we got to get into it here before our break, is uh, the game. Uh, Leafs and St. Louis in Toronto. First of all, it's, it's nice that there's fans back. I know it's the second game of it, but it's just so nice to see and hear. But mm-hmm. uh, Pavel Buchnevich opening and closing this game. So 258 into the game, first goal again. It seems like the first goal of the game has kind of been setting the tone for the last couple of Leaf games, eh? Yeah, definitely. And uh, unfortunately, in this case, it was within the first couple minutes, whereas the last game we set the tone literally 29 seconds was it with Matthew's goal. So it was disappointing, especially seeing uh, Tarasenko out of the lineup tonight and uh, Hugh Sos in net. He's been absolutely killing it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, poor Bennington. Yeah, poor Bennington. But my fantasy team, though, oh my god, he's been killing it, and um, in the worst way possible. I don't mean it in a good way. Uh, <laughs> he's had one star in the last ten games, and this is supposed to be their number one goaltender, like a six million dollar goaltender, and he's let in eighteen goals in the last three that he started, and one of those games was against the Leafs way back in January. So, mm. local you know, boy too, huh? Yeah. He is. Yeah. See his yeah. face tonight on the broadcast. He's yeah. just so mad about not playing tonight. But yeah, even more than that, my uh, my girlfriend's from Owen Sound, so she, he was on the Owen Sound attack too. She's like, "Hey, didn't he play for?" It? I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, don't you don't you don't want to, <laughs> not not him." <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, so uh, not only did Buchnevich open the scoring, but uh, Klim Kostin, who I've literally never heard of, I know, right? Um, yeah, me neither. But get, gets his fourth goal of the season, two nothing St. Louis. Um, yeah. One thing about Buchnevich, though, you got to say, was this not the best offseason trade? Because the New York Rangers oh, yeah. got Sammy Blay in return and gave away Buchnevich, which was one of their most offensive players to begin with. He had yeah. uh, 43 or 48 points in 54 games last year, and they gave them Blay, which had 15 points in 36 games. He's been out on IR with a ACL tour, uh, torn uh, injury. So it's been what a steal for the Blues. Yeah, and I mean, with the Rangers, they only have Zabanajad, Panarin, and Strom, and Kreider, and, uh, you know, who's going to score over there without Buchnevich? I know. <laughs> what were they thinking? But Oh, you know, big loss there. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Sammy Blay's not been a, a big plus for them in comparison to what Buchnevich has brought to uh, St. Louis. Kreider's not doing that bad, though, over there, huh? Oh, Kreider. Oh, Johnny loves Kreider. <laughs> 13th round in the fantasy draft. No Let's way. Go. Oh, you scooped him up, eh? Yeah, nice. buddy. I, got, I have him and Matthews. It's great. That's great. So, uh, Nylander, though. What a goal. Had yeah. two two nice snipes back-to-back. So, uh, at the end of the first and beginning of the second, Nylander just finally, after, what was it, eight games? Yeah. Ugh, he finally. started the season so hot and it was about time because he's playing up to his contract. Some were saying that, oh, he his contract's so valuable now, but he's been in this slump for a little while now to the point where I kind of feel off talking bad about Nylander because he's still doing well. He still has 45 five points in 47 games before tonight. And wow. I don't know, even with this slump, I kind of felt like, oh, I shouldn't talk about him that way. But we have to talk about it because um, these are times like these where in the playoffs, it can't go eight games without a goal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's more than a whole series gone. That's what we got out of Marner and Matthews was just nobody can score. 
can't happen again. Yeah. Definitely. It's almost like if the uh, it's almost like if the first line isn't clicking, the second line's clicking. If the second line isn't clicking, the first line's clicking. It'd be nice for all six top six lines just to be going, no? Yes. Yeah, I think we've seen that one game this year where it was just a score fest, like no matter who touched it, and it yeah. wasn't the New Jersey game because the, the second line sucked that game. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was, but there was one where they scored seven this year. But uh, everybody's talking about Kerfoot's contract being movable, but man, uh, two assists on both of Nylander's goals, like. I don't think anybody on that line plays as well as they do without him on the wing there. Yeah. And I it's agree. hard it's hard to knock the Leafs with their place in the standings, et cetera. We're top five in every single category that you can look up. But in this Eastern Conference, literally two more points and we're bumped down to the wild card because Washington will sneak their way up. So oh it's it's so tight. This division is insane. Yeah. yeah it's fair. It is unfair, but um, I was really hoping tonight that our PK would look like our PP3 in a sense where it's so dangerous killing off that that, uh, power play for the St. Louis Blues and then Toronto sneaks back, but unfortunately that didn't happen tonight. No, went from bad to worse, unfortunately. Unfortunately. (laughs) So uh, Braden Shen makes it... uh... 3-2 3-2 after the Leafs tied it up off Nylander's two. Then Brody ties him up at three again. And then just downhill from there, Sato, Riley, and Buchnevich close it off. Um, what did you guys think of Keith pulling the goalie at three and a half minutes left? Because I, when you're down by two, I don't really get that, especially when you have the offensive power you have. Like, do you need a sixth person out there? Um, For that long? Yeah. I was a little surprised. Yeah, I was surprised too. I thought it was a little early. Um, but the Leafs just could not get set up offensively tonight. Like, I mean, they had their chances. I'm not saying that it was a horrible game by any means offensively. It's just those two-on-ones, those three-on-twos really bit them in the ass the second the play turned the other way, and they ate it. And unfortunately, that first goal, too, in the period to start off the game. Uh, the reason I'm rushing through this game is because we now have to fit in another conversation before we go to break, which is... Where does Ryan Dezingle fit in this lineup now? Mm-hmm. Because we moved out somebody wow. who is not currently in the lineup. And I can't believe we're talking about this. This is yes. crazy. But where does Ryan Dezingle fit in this lineup now? So Richie was not in. Like this this kind of complicates things. We now have a cap situation. Before we move on to that, can I just ask one serious question about the game tonight? <laughs> yes, you can. Did uh, often Matthews get his teeth fixed? Oh, or no? Man, yeah, you, I'm sad <laughs> you weren't there see. for that discussion. Yeah, did you see the he, see his lip? Man, oh, it didn't look too good. He was, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't see if he got it fixed or not. It was all bloody and a busted lip, but I thought that just, uh, yeah. Anyways, their, their orthodontos loves them. Okay, so Ryan Dezingle, cap friendly. Oh my God, he makes no money. Why does Arizona suck at making trades? So, um, dude makes one point. Okay, so his cap it is three point three seven five. So oh, wow. he's got, um, what is that cap hit one point one for the rest of the season? Okay. So, what is that? Who do we move out for that? Is it Engvall? Is it Mikheyev? Wow. Is like. Because he's a left winger, right? Like, it doesn't move Kerfoot down, does it? I saw I some talk. 
Kiefer likes to experiment, man. He'll juggle some lines in there, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, he might test it out maybe on the second line. Does Ingle also play center too, right? Yeah, he shoots left, but he plays, it says left wing, right wing, center. Like yeah. he can, so he's he very, foot, he'll do anything. Easy to place around, right? Yeah. Man, that's so useful. How did he steal this for Rich? For somebody that makes too much money next year that no one on the team wants there. And, not, and I mean, not nobody horrible. on the team wants there. But like we don't, as a fan base, want him on the team. <laughs> and a second slash third rounder for two useful. Arizona needs to relocate and be taken away from their ownership. There's no way this like this is one of those things where the commissioner of your fantasy league is like, no, I'm vetoing this trade. You're not doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This it, was a fleecing. It looks and we like... managed to keep our first round pick. That's crazy. Sorry. Yes. That, no. That's insane. That's the biggest part of this is I thought the first was going to be gone in this. It looks like Dezingle's been battling injury this year. Um, he's only played 26 games and has tw- seven points on the year, but it seems like he's been on and off IR and dealing with an upper body injury. So that might have been a thing to consider okay. when taking this contract. And maybe Dubis is looking to maybe use it as cap space. I'm not too sure, but yeah, he hasn't played a lot. So it makes you wonder. When did he here last five games? So he's playing right now that's good yeah he played february 9th at seattle and had an assist and he played 11 he's been averaging like 11 minutes a night in arizona so the funny part about this is that uh alex ginschenyuk remember him he's been replacing dezingle um back and forth on the fourth line with the arizona coyotes whenever one of them has been ill or something has been up so it's been the two of them replacing each other on the fourth line okay so we basically get a more useful galchenyuk and a uh and labushkin who i guess is going to replace justin hall is he a right d he, like I, I literally only started looking this guy up because he's right. Fridge was talking about him on Thirty Two Thoughts, and we before we hit record, we're like, should we talk about this? Like, is this yeah. is this something viable? And I even said, if Fridge is talking about this, then it's probably pretty plausible. Little did I know it was going to be five minutes later. Yeah, we've literally discussed so many endless possibilities. The list was so so long, and we did not see a name like Labushkin come up into the conversation or Dzingel. And it kind of scared me when Chris Johnson was talking about uh, Chariot so much or uh, Sharat, sorry, um, yeah. on his podcast. And you know, I don't want to make another deal with Montreal, but. Damn, the Leafs won this trade. Could Josh I just... and Selma, at me if you had Ilya Labushkin in your fifty list. Wow. There you go. <laughs> Can I just say some? Could I just say something quickly here before? We... Of course. Yeah. So when I was uh, so obviously you guys know I'm in Vegas. I seen a preseason game uh, for the Golden Knights and the Coyotes. The Coyotes okay. ended up beat the, the Coyotes ended up beating beating uh, the Golden Knights that game like four one or something. Um, but I I got the chance to see uh, Dzingel and Labushkin play, and I. I swear, I was I was with my girl, and I was like, I was like, damn, if we if we were able to pick up a guy like Labushkin, it'd be crazy. He's a big guy, gritty. Nice. No he he uh, he's heavy. Like he'll lay some crazy hits. So I think that's exactly what the Leafs need. It's crazy how it came full circle. You that's willed it so into funny. the world. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you should be a great fit. Labushkin, Labushkin in the last four games, uh, fantasy. I'm just looking at him on Yahoo Fantasy just to check his stats. Uh, thank you, Yahoo Fantasy has uh, three assists, and um, I mean decent nice. on. He <clears throat> averages like three, four hits a night, which is pretty good. That's something the Leafs need. Um, averages like anywhere from what's that about 18 minutes a night so yeah i think this is a replacement justin hall that he's going to play with muzzin i'm sure shut down pair i i love this trade so much i was so scared of what they were going to give up i didn't want to see like robertson or nyes or somebody go or oh dubis yeah, it's a steal well done <laughs> Damn, I was just trying to see where he was placed on the line, but uh, Daily Faceoff already updated the website, and he's no longer on the roster. So, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, same with the. So, single. where does it put him on the Leafs then? Good question. Because they've probably I'm updated the Toronto side. Um, apologies <laughs> for listening to us look things up, but this trade literally happened as we hit record. So, yeah. Um, wow. Now, what yeah. happens next? Is there something else that you guys think is a Bruin? Or are they going to be fishing for that another winger or another defender? Or what do you think? I think, I mean, the rumor has been for a while, like, don't expect too much. Don't expect something huge. And this is pretty big, like, to grab two people that are about a million bucks for the rest of the year. Like, we don't have space for that much more. And I don't think Dubas wants to make a a change to the the dynamic of this lineup as far as like moving a piece that's been playing every night so i mean i think if anything you maybe clear justin hall's contract out or try to send him down through waivers and if he doesn't clear then you know he doesn't clear but if he does then uh you get some money back so we'll see what happens there yeah what's your biggest leaf dream come true bloke besides labushkin being signed uh, what's my biggest Leafs dream come true other than Labusha? Yeah. I mean, uh, like in the, in the pat, like, what do you mean? Like, um, like one that happened, you mean? Or so? what, what do you wish would happen? Sorry. I totally. Oh, like a trade that I right? wish would like transpire. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was really, I mean, that was a really good trade by Dubas. Like Dubas always does things like totally from left field that like nobody's expecting. Like we're all like everybody, every fan's like thinking Ben Sherratt. They're thinking like JT Miller. Everybody's thinking like, and then, and then, and then Dubas does a, a totally left field play. But, um, I mean, I would like, I would still like to like to, to deepen our, um, our decor, to be honest. I think the top six, I think the forwards are great. I think, I think, I don't really think you touch too much, touch that. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a good pickup. I don't think they really needed to like add something like that's dramatic, you know, to the to the core, but something just to kind of like a replacement for Hall. And I think Labushkin uh, definitely does that. So I think I think they're good. Needless to say, though, I don't know they could they could throw out another trade. Like they have the castaways, they have the picks. You never know with Dubis, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like they address the needs, but like there's still those bigger things out there. Like, you know, there's Claude Giroux, there's oh, uh, Chikrin, there's like, you know, there's the big names that are still out there that, I you know, you kind of count the Leafs out for, especially after they make this move. But like you said, they still have a couple pieces to move in the first round pick if they wanted to do something like that. But I feel like the needs have been addressed in a very, very cost effective way. To answer your question, Steph, Chikrin would have been awesome. I would have loved Chikrin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, we got one out of two coyotes, yeah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll be getting chicken. Of course, that would be uh, amazing, like an ideal situation. But you're right. I love this current lineup, you know, and it's hard for me to try and plug these holes when I'm looking at the roster because I'm thinking to myself, like, where where is the hole? Because once all these lines click, all the defending pairs click, it's like unstoppable, kind of. You know what I mean? So the only one I would think would be Engvall, but every everybody knows that Keith loves Engvall. Um, like he loves keeping him there on the on the second power play unit, and he doesn't really yeah. like. So, I, but I I would say Engvall. If there is a person that would have to drop down, it'd be Engvall. But you never know. Fair. Yeah, we love our giraffe, so. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I think it might be uh, something that they can use to address as they're against different opponents. Like, you know, maybe not play Wayne Simmons every night when you don't have to. You know, save him for heavier teams, like when you're in games like Calgary or Winnipeg. But, you know, yeah. tonight against St. Louis, maybe keep him out for, for somebody like, you know, throw Engvall and Dezingle in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I honestly have no idea what this team's going to look like by the deadline. Or a lot of talk about calling up uh, Clifford because we haven't seen much of him in those games where it's a pretty heavy, heavy game. You would expect something like that to happen, but we'll see. I hope Labushkin makes the main roster, though, because this is really exciting now. So, Oh, yeah. So uh, next game on Monday in Montreal, I believe, right? It's going to be real interesting. Yes. Because it's basically just like training day against an AHL team. (laughs) (laughs) The Pee-wee and his coach, the Pee-wee coach, uh, Martin St. Louis. (laughs) Yeah, and quick Montreal news. um, They're basically putting back the 2004 uh, Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup team. They hired Vincent LeCavalier as well as Martin St. Louis. So my question is, how long until they hire John Tortorella as an assistant coach? <laughs> That's funny. The day they, they hire Martin Marinson to be the player development staff oh or something. Apparently, the Canadians approached Marie-Philippe Poulain about her plans post-Olympics. And she said, uh, women's hockey and then the Olympics again. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, uh, speaking of Marie-Philippe Poulin, uh, the Three Rivers Lions of the Montreal ECHL affiliate has shown interest, I don't know if this is a rumor, in actually signing her. So Yeah, and she said no. Yeah, but... Because, which I understand, she doesn't want to, she wants to grow the women's game, and it's like you can't be the biggest star of that game and then just leave to go to a men's league and just kind of leave the women's league behind to, to yeah. rot. So, you know, I, I respect it and I get it, but at the same time, it's like, we wish that it was just normal that they would just kind of get drafted. Like that whole team could come back to Canada and they were all just getting picked at teams. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah nurse, you're coming over here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. But congrats to uh, that whole team. Once again, they keep getting all the, uh, all the love and it's well-deserved. For sure. I think that game was, I was saying before, uh, with the amount of airtime they've gotten and it helps that the men's team was awful. Um, that game really has done a lot for the women's hockey world moving forward. Like the amount of airtime they've gotten, the amount of people that have been talking about it, the amount of records they broke and set. Like, hell yeah. It's going to do wonders for them. 
so important and people saying oh the women shouldn't play in the olympics like we discussed on previous episodes since when is it not allowed to show this elite elite talent and just dominate in a sport so but yeah oh we have a uh, little note from a pigeon it's a it's a twitter question it's the from, pigeon coop uh, Sarawa. this is the pigeon coop um how long until JT gets a shot on goal again? Oh my god. Yeah. Seeing that shot counter it? pop up twice tonight kind of pissed me off just because it's like, come on, man. Um, you have to find one little thing to like the media has to show the audience to talk about again and again and again. So I don't know. It was uncalled for in a sense. Yeah, it's just like it adds to the the narrative that Leafs media is just awful (laughs) it's like why do you gotta give the fans something to chew on like that yeah exactly okay so we got a couple minutes here steph was there something you wanted to touch on before we get into chatting about bloke's song um just to wrap up the leaves game i guess um I don't know. It just wasn't working tonight. Uh, they couldn't get set up offensively or defensively, like I said earlier. Um, surprisingly, they threw quite a few hits, 23 to 30 in comparison to St. Louis. But uh, face-off circle, 62%, super strong. Uh, neither team could click on the power play. So, yeah, we just kind of take it, move on to the next. And I'm glad this is happening now and not in the playoffs. So we just take some notes and move for- forward. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. So, uh, Bloke, yep. tell us a little bit about uh, about the music journey. When did you start making music? I started making music. I was uh, I was probably around sixteen years old. There was a, a high school uh, talent show, um, and it was just basically you know you sign up, you pick a talent. I did. I decided to sing. I, I sang a song, and um, I think it was like Mario, "Let Me Love You" or something. It was like an R and B song. <laughs> and, Classic. Uh, it was. It was it, honestly in the beginning. It was just. It was just more of like. Uh, like it wasn't anything serious. It, I just people were just telling me you should do it. You should do it, and I did it. And got it. Like it was like a lot of people liked it. And they're like you. You should. You know, pursue something here. Like there's something there. So I. I. Uh, I start after that. I started like recording music. It was just me and some of my buddies in my basement. We started. We kind of had just playing around with GarageBand and and whatnot. And then classic. Um, yeah, classic GarageBand. And then um, from there, just continued. Started working with different producers in the city um kept releasing music kind of generated a little bit of, a little bit of a following uh in toronto um uh, i i ended up working with uh there's a, a rapper by the name of p rain cream he, he uh he's friends with drake um i know him. yeah i don't know him but i know of his music no, yeah. yeah so i ended up getting kind of in touch with the camp that they have over there at ovo and um and reps up and from i was just pushing i was grinding a lot like just trying to like make it like in the city within the city it's and it's just um it's difficult, you know, to, to break out, to break out of the city, um, and be successful. Um, especially in my genre of music, I just found it very difficult, um, to break out, especially like you got the weekend there and like, he's such a great, great artist and, um, he casts such a big shadow. It's hard to like, kind of step out of that shadow because I get a lot of comparisons to him. Um, like, you know, like vocally and whatnot, just the genre. I decided to, um, to, to take another step, take a leap of faith. And I decided to go to, go to LA. I have a cousin that lives there. So 
he was able to like you know set me up i was staying with him for 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 a few months and uh just kind of started just grassroots over there just connecting with producers um you know figuring out um you know different events showing up at events just kind of networking and building up my name from there and i i just i felt like the progression in la and just like the um the scene is a lot more like uh, uh welcoming than not, not, I'm not trying to like talk down on the city. Like Toronto is a great city. It's great, great people. It's a great vibe. It's just difficult. It's very hard for me, my situation at least, for for my path. I just chose to to uh, to to do do something different. So I went to uh, to America. Nice. No, I mean, I don't think it's uh, it's talking down on Canada by any means, but I think it's the experience that a lot of artists have where you don't get accepted by Canada until other people recognize you. Exactly. It's like the thing that the Drake had, where he had to go down to to Atlanta and work with Lil Wayne and then you know Toronto kept saying yeah you know whatever he sucks he's he's from Toronto so he sucks he can't be good he's from here but then as soon as the states and other people recognize him it's like oh oh yeah no he's good he's from here yeah it's like they only embrace you when it's cool when it's cool it's popular yeah. it's popular to, to embrace you right yeah yeah and I think th- there's there's a side to that because um I mean going to school for music I know that like 35 percent of our music on the radio has to be Canadian content so exactly. there's somewhat of like a um, it's there because it has to be mentality with music. So Canadians don't really think that our music is big anywhere else because, you know, we only listen to it because it has to be there. So it's really hard to break out of that. As much as that system is there to help Canadian artists, I think it hinders them just as much as it helps them. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And not to say that there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, like grants and a lot of programs that the Canadian government, you know, um, gives to like uh, artists, um, you know, in Canada and stuff. So there are, there are opportunities there, but like you said, it's, it's very cutthroat. It's, it's, it's um like you, you say 35% of Canadian material they have to play, but what, what 35% of the Canadians are they playing is Drake, the Justin Bieber's, the, exactly, the weekends, right? the toy land. So they're flooding that 35% with, with popular artists that are, you know what I mean? But it's, mm-hmm. it's fine. It is what it is. Um, I, f- I found some success over here and I'm, I'm building up a little bit of um, a falling over here and, and, and I'm going to come back home soon. So, yeah. Just remember, uh, before Jake was or Drake was super successful, he was just little Jimmy in a wheelchair at the bottom of Forest Hill. <laughs> exactly. Now he's started from the bottom. Now we here, right? So just keep <laughs> exactly. pushing exactly. and keep pushing, and always represent the Leafs while you do it. Hundred percent. And hey, guys, I appreciate you guys for letting me come up on your on your podcast, man. It's it's honestly an honor. Appreciate it. Sure. Hey, no, you've been great. I, it's, I wouldn't believe this is your first time on the show. It's uh, it's great to have you on. Yeah. So. Without further ado, sorry, before I introduce this wrong, is DLP the producer on this? Yes, D- uh, Devin Lee Parker. Yeah, he's the producer. Okay. So uh, this is Bloke Young and Devin Lee Parker's Chasen. You've heard it here on Leafs Late Night. Check him out on Spotify and Apple Music and all the places you hear them. How you holding up? Heard you're doing good now, so I won't interrupt. Wish that I could hate you, wish that I could blame you, but I'm the one that's fucked. So I'm hoping and praying that I get to you, cause I'm over here chasing. I'm chasing hope.
Yeah. Awesome track. Thank you. Thank you. So once again, that's Chasen. Find that by Bloke Young. Anywhere you get your music, anywhere you're subscribed. Okay, so second half of our show here, we're gonna play a little thing. Um, have you ever guys uh, have you guys ever seen that show, um, Family Feud? Yeah. Yes. So this is called Late Night Fight, as it is now going to be called from here on out, because it's totally not associated with that show at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna play Late Night Fight. Yay! Let's go. Uh, all right. So, you guys know how it works. I'm going to ask you a question, and uh, there's going to be a couple answers on the board, each one with a varying number of points. Um, I didn't have time to survey anybody for this episode, so this is how I rank them. And... Uh, <laughs> And it's going to be up, up for a bit of debate, but we'll see. So we've got a couple <laughs> questions, and uh, we'll see what you guys come up with. First one here is, which player would you ask for directions to the Department of Player Safety? Somebody who's been there a bunch of times. What do you think, Bloke? Uh, it, is it like uh, anybody in the NHL? Like, is it... Yeah. Probably... Who do, you, uh... who, do you think, who do you think has been there enough that you could ask them for directions there? Probably Kadri. Oh, Quadri or or, uh, or Marchand. So I'm going to lock you in at Quadri as your first answer. Steph, you want to challenge for number one? It has to be Brad Marchand. Yeah. Uh, he has the most... Um, he has forfeited the most salary and has taken the most suspensions in NHL history. So, yeah, Brad Marchand. Yeah, I got to give it to you because he does have the record for that one. Kadri is a close second because though he doesn't have as many, I'm sure he has been there appealing just as many as Brad Marchand has been there for in the first place. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to get there with his eyes closed by this point. So anyone also, looking for that department, just hit them up. Uh, this one's for Bean. Also would have accepted Colby Armstrong as a hot answer. Oh. The army man. Nice. So nice. Uh, second question here. No Which ding. team has the... Uh, oh. <laughs> just just for you. Where's my ding? It's like giving me a star at the end. I just get excited. Okay. That was a weak ding. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you get a ding. So uh, I asked this on Twitter because I was curious what other people thought. But which team has the ugliest jersey? Currently, not past jerseys. Hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. A lot of people out there or teams with uh, questionable jerseys. What do you think, Seth? I'm going to put a timer on you guys. I'm going to give it to the Habs for looking like a toilet seat. (laughs) (gasps) (laughs) The unchanged most historic logo. The most Sorry. unchanged jersey since the beginning of hockey time. I know. It's survey says. <laughs> How did I'm I know? Sorry, <laughs> you ask for the you ask for the ding, you get the buzzer as well. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Bloke, you want to go for it? Ah, that's a good one. Throw out a throw out a gross jersey. Just throw out a what? Throw out a gross jersey. Um the Bruins. 
Okay. You know what? Just because I hate them. black and yellow together. Yeah. <laughs> Bruins, that's uh we'll take it. It's not the number one on the board, Steph. You have the opportunity to steal. The Boston Bumblebees. Um it, I know what you're thinking, Johnny. It has to be the Dallas Stars with those green jerseys. I find it hard to give it to you because you probably saw that on my Twitter. Oh, actually, no. I'm just from previous conversation. But oh. side note, I kind of like the green. Like, it, it looks cool and it's fresh. Like, no one else has that type of green. But I know everyone with, hates Dallas. With the star with the D in the middle of it. Gives... It's either that or the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> I would take either. So, yeah, I'll give you that one. They give Superstar D. Ugh. I hate Dallas's jersey. The lime green is awful. The logo is awful. They need a complete rebrand of that team. Yeah, no, you're right. I miss the old. Even the Mooterist was even better than this thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this one's a little tougher. Who's got the worst contract in the NHL right now? Hmm. There's so many though. There's not a lot that are awful yeah because some people are playing up to their expectation now because you think of guys like Brobowski when he got signed to the 10 million dollar contract and didn't play up to the standard and now he's finally winning get like getting the team some wins but he's still on my list like 10 million is way too steep yeah thank you number one on the board Sergey Brobowski <laughs> is not worth 10 million dollars like, okay, when we think about a $10 million goalie, we think about Carey Price, who literally put a shit Montreal Canadiens team on his back and took him to the Stanley Cup Finals. That is a $10 million goalie. Andre Vasilevsky is not even a $10 million goalie. Is Price still a $10.5 million goalie, though? Like, this guy is not playing. Not play- well, yeah. No, he's not playing. But, I mean, the way that he played last year and carried that like this team has not been good for a couple of years the canadians now he's and chilling he has carried them like now that he's... is a 10 million dollar goalie yeah like even the even the lightning like i wouldn't give 10 mil to to vasilevsky i mean as good as he is he has the best defenseman the best three lines of defensemen in front of him and the best forward group like would you give eric carlson 11.5 oh <laughs> remember that, that? Might, no you're right that's number one even Eric drew doughty the worst contract 11 mil a year for drew doughty and he's not elite anymore i mean he's the number one Are guy he's... yeah no drew doughty was making 11 million dollars july 2018 he signed an eight-year 88 million dollar contract <laughs> by the time he ends Ouch. his contract he's gonna have no teeth left completely <laughs> bald and be like 80 years old so can i just can i just take a moment on this conversation to silence everybody that says john Tavares is overpaid at the <laughs> same price as all these other people we're talking about he makes less money than eric carlson and drew dowdy do and sergey Bobrovsky. how much is how much is he make? 10 10 10 and a, ten and a half 10 I think. 11 11 jt oh yes seven times yeah it was seven seventy seventy. he got and how many more years yeah. has he signed through? Four more years? Three more years? Uh, he signed Three a or big four. one. So I think it's four. He makes 11 a year, signed a seven-year contract in 2018. So we have him till 2025. Okay, so three more. 
full seasons. Yeah, honestly, with his point production versus Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty's, like I, you can't tell me that he has a terrible contract. What do you think, Bloke? What's a contract that comes to mind? I don't know if you're into the numbers part of. Yeah. Uh, I think hockey. Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner. Yes. Good Nine one. Million Another awful. No move. No movement clause too. He can't move. They're kind of stuck with him over there. So. He hasn't really been. I picked him up. Yeah. And what blows my mind? Up my fantasy team. <laughs> well, right now he's doing well, right? Especially with Tage Thompson centering centering that line. But his First career career hat trick. He's doing good though. No, no, right now. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. Skinner, he has a career high of 63 points. And then the next year, they just went out and paid him nine mil. Like, come on, this management team. Like, what are you thinking? To be fair, it's exactly the same thing that Minnesota did with Kirill Kaprizov. And that turned out to be a fabulous idea. Yeah. Well, I agree. <laughs> he is trustworthy because one, he's Magic Russian games. because he's always going to bring it. He's a Russian player. Two, he wasn't like an 18 year old rookie. This guy was already like 26 or whatever. I or I don't know how old he is, but he wasn't like a first year rookie. But yeah, big big risk doing that. Um, next we'll do a fun one because that one was a little uh, little in the numbers and the nitty gritty. Here's a fun one. Why did Brad Marchand get sent to the penalty box? <laughs> this is just in the in the spirit of family feud you know just uh what did he do now hypothetical. what did he do to get sent to the penalty box punch somebody in the face <laughs> is that what he did Dude, no, I'm, i mean i'm just saying like you know when they when steve harvey asks like oh. you know some like what did this person like i'm just saying hypothetically like something fun what did he do oh, this time okay, he got okay, sent okay. to the penalty box but on that uh, did you hear what Jari said to him that got him to punch him in the face. What, what did he no. say? What a save or something? He's like, how about that save, eh, bud? How about that save, eh, bud? <laughs> That's enough to get punched in the face by Brad Marchand. Yeah, that seemed well, pretty harmless. Yeah. I'm going to go with the obvious besides punch. Uh, it's lick someone in the face. <laughs> and yeah, he's he. we got to put the cone back on him, guys. Uh, he needs the cone. He's been a bad boy. Uh, Bloke, you want to go for one? For what, Brad? Yeah, what did you do this time? Um, I kissed, kissed him. He kissed. <laughs> one up it. He gave somebody Aww. a kiss on the, on the, on the list he, there. Oh, he fucking would. <laughs> nice. He would. Um, did you add this one, Steph? I did. Just, I just a funny read the, joke. It's the most confusing thing to look at a, a list that you wrote and see something on there that you didn't write. That just threw me off so much. <laughs> it's for Bloke. Uh, what was it? So, Bloke, which player lives in your head rent-free? Oh, Austin Matthews all day, baby. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. Rent-free. Hell yeah. <laughs> Who, 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 how about you guys? Let me uh, ask you guys. How about you? Um, what least player lives rent free in you guys' head? <laughs> Jack Campbell, soup, soup chance all day. So, or as a uh, nightmare, maybe David Ayers. <laughs> because <laughs> once you hear that name, it's kind of like ah! <laughs> you can't get rid of it, right? Mm. But soup. 
I gotta say, with this team, I don't have like oh, a. There's, sorry. No, we're. I say rent free. That's a. That's a bad thing or a good thing. Good. Maybe I mis- misunderstood they're, the question. They're just there. No, they're just there. Oh, okay. Could be either. Right. Without even trying, just always in your head. Um, I would probably say Matthews because he's on my fantasy. He's leading my fantasy team, so I'm kind of always thinking about how he's doing every night and whether he's going to pop off or not. Um, that being said, I also have Campbell. But I find with this team, I don't have the same like childish fan favorite like I used to when I was younger. Like, There's not someone where I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. care whether they play good or bad. I want to see what that person does. And I don't care if they're here for one more year. I want that person's jersey. Like, I'm kind of I've kind of taken a step back and look at the team more as a whole. So, um, yeah, Matthews probably just because we've never seen a talent like this in the Leafs. Yeah, true. I say Campbell though because the team's vibe like all lies on Campbell. Like if Campbell's having a great night, the whole team just pops right off and like everyone can score and they're so confident. And then the second Campbell is, you know, like "Eh, I should have had that one or it's my fault. And just, you know, putting the blame all on himself, the team kind of falls apart. So I'm always wondering, is Jack Campbell happy right now? Are we going to win this game? That's very true. It is kind of like that. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of sad dressing rooms, did you hear who was it? on montreal that was doing an interview but after they won their game he's like yeah it's nice to have music in the dressing room for a change <laughs> oh, oh buddy get out of montreal man uh, so just uh before we head out here marshawn's six game suspension has been upheld by monsieur jerry batman um jerry batman. i'm not surprised like, I mean, I am and I'm not. I'm not surprised because it's Brad Marchand and it's a suspension. Batman very rarely lets suspensions go. Um, I am surprised, though, because of how minor of a thing it was. Like, nobody got injured. We're not talking about a concussion. We're not talking about, you know, broken bones or anything. It was it was a, an attack on a goalie. That's why it's a six-game suspension. They're trying to set a precedent that, like, Mm-hmm. don't fuck with goalies because yes you didn't hurt him but the next time you could or the next time you go at one it might be Jordan Bennington and Jordan Bennington <laughs> and he might break all your teeth out with his stick yeah damn so Kadri. What, what do you think about the rat bloke do you have a strong opinion about the league rat or what yeah about Brad yeah big big bad Brad big bad Brad no man he's just a pest I hate him how can you not hate him man you know from Toronto, losing him all those times in the playoffs, and just I don't know, he's yeah, he's just a rat. Just don't like him. On that note, what do you think of Michael Bunting so far this year? I love him because he's our rat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but even, big difference. Even Gary Bettman said in his appeal decision that uh, Marshan has an unenviable record in the eyes of the commissioner. And I know I said earlier that he has the most uh, suspensions in NHL history, but his suspensions equal almost two league minimum contracts. He's already forfeited $1,419,568.33. This guy has been fined five times on top of the eight suspensions. So, of course, the six, we, we wanted more for six, but how do you excuse what he did? Like he, there was no, 
like reasoning. He straight up went to the guy and punched him in the head and then did the same with his stick. So it's all based on history and he deserves it. So he can whine and cry all he wants to an independent arbitrator, but <laughs> the arbitrator should it's give him like anywhere. three more games. So <laughs> <laughs> just for making him get out of bed and come to the stupid hearing. Yeah. But uh, so one more thing to touch on here. Actually, I mean, two more things. First one, uh, as as quickly as the Leafs claimed Adam Brooks and then put Adam Brooks through waivers, uh, Winnipeg claimed Adam Brooks. <laughs> what a weird 48 hours for this guy. Did he leave the airport? Like, no. did he even leave Vegas? Poor guy. Or was he, was he in Vegas or was he in Montreal when they claimed him? Montreal? Vegas. Montreal. When who claimed him? Like he was... When the Leafs claimed him, I think he was in no, Montreal. Montreal. Again. It went. It went. Uh, went from the Leafs. Montreal, Vegas. Montreal. It went Leafs. Montreal, Vegas. Montreal, Leafs. Yeah. Winnipeg. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> He's from uh, Winnipeg, actually. So oh, it's good. kind of a good thing for him if he wants to play for his hometown. But of course, we loved him with the Marlies and what he did with us. But there's just no room, and now that we have to zingle, I don't know, like. He was a good center option when we needed him at center playing on that fourth line, but now that we have Dzingle. Yeah. Oh my god. It, Another okay. set. How long how long has he signed for? Oh right, he came from the Sens originally. He played for the Sens twice in his career. He had his he started his career with the Sens four years and then he went to Columbus Blue Jackets for one year, Carolina for two, where he had his or the second best uh, showing at 30 points in 64 games. And then he went to Ottawa for a year, Arizona. Now he's in, now he's a leaf. So. Now he's a leaf. Is he signed through next um, year? No, he's signed just this year. Oh, I was reading his contract wrong before. Okay. So he was on a two year, 3.375, 2019, 2020 to 21. This year, however, he is signed to a one-year, $1.1 million deal. So he's only signed for this year at a million bucks. So they could even re-sign him. Perfect. Oh, baby. If he works out. If he works out. This is perfect because you don't want to sign right away and give up a first, a second, pull a Nick Foligno situation, and then just lose a whole bunch of shit. Like... This is a good trial run, and it's not a rental. So if the Leafs want to keep in the offseason, they have the option. But we'll see. So wait. I would say to for expectations, expect at the not maybe not best, but maybe not worst case, an Alex Galchenyuk replacement. Like that level, like yeah. maybe more upside. I think Dezingle has more upside than Galchenyuk does and maybe won't make as many mistakes. Maybe. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm saying like don't expect you know a top six impact immediately. This might be somebody that adds some nights and maybe not others, but I think it's a huge addition nonetheless. Sorry, bloke, go on. No, I was just gonna say, um, did we end up uh, like saving someone on this trade? No, or like, uh, or like, what's the cap situation like right now? Like we're like right at like. So losing Richie, um, he's two million AAV, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does this put the Leafs at? Is he two or two point five? Two point five. Right, 
because it was oh my god so the leafs are current oh <laughs> so leafs are currently 167,165 dollars over the cap they're older yeah. right yeah yeah but just under 200 grand so i just asked that question because i wonder if they're gonna make any more moves like if they move out of, they have to they move out a few more pieces and maybe i don't know just well this is with uh dermot labushkin sandine lilligren hall brody riley muzzin all in on defense yeah so yeah. obviously somebody has to go either down or and i don't think they want to send lilligren down like they just had him on the second line with muzzin tonight i think they want sandine and lilligren i think it's a matter of moving hall and maybe dermot as well like that's three and a half million dollars there they're gonna i don't know to. I don't know what's going to happen with Dermot and Hall. What do you guys think? Like, who do you, the Dermatologists. If you guys had to pick and you had to ship ship one of the one of the boys out, who are you, who are you guys picking? Hall, because he's worse and it makes more money. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard because I love the two guys and they grew up in this franchise, right? So I have a soft spot for them. But for cap purposes, it has to be Hall. I, I love Dermot. I changed my answer. Dermot, because of the spinner I'm in the, in the playoffs last year. <laughs> Yeah. Rag rats. Yep, hundred percent. One hundred percent. That Winnipeg game's coming up soon, though. That's gonna be crazy. Oh, I've been waiting for this. That's gonna be the it's gonna game. be yeah. yeah, it's gonna be brutal because uh last time if you uh, missed it was the, the Neil Pionk show. <laughs> End of March. So March thirty first is the next time the Leafs will face the Jets. That's sweet. Love it. Yeah. Nice. Ooh, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, this is exciting, and I'm... I'm so glad we got to break this trade. I know. <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens next, because we know that Lilgrens has been set down already, and we want this guy to play, so it's tight. I don't know. Oh, it is. And uh, this Atlantic division is insane. And hopefully this gives us a little edge on our uh, competition. All right. Before we head out, Bloke Young, where can the people find you? Sorry, I kind of glitched out there. Uh, where can the, the people find me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could follow, follow me on Instagram at Bloke Young underscore. Twitter, Bloke Young underscore. Spotify, Bloke Young. Um, yeah, I'm everywhere. <laughs> love it well thank you so much for joining us i uh, really appreciate it you've got some uh some fun and some new new approach to the show i like it thank you so much for having me guys thank you always nice to have a fresh face on so appreciate it all right give us a like give us a retweet follow rating all those things we are least late night and we will be back on monday with another special guest Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Go, Leafs, go.